Amen. It's so good to see each of you here today. We're so excited that, that you're here and that people are beginning to come back and enjoy the presence of God and, and, and worship together. There's just something about worshiping together is so much better than watching at home. And, and you know, we statistically, I told you, Barna said that, that only about 40% of, of, of uh, normal church-going people will even watch online. And then I saw another statistic the other day from Barna that, that said that out of the 30 to 40% of people that watch online only watch 30% of the whole service. Because, because stuff happens at home, you know, because they, they, they have to click off, they click back on, they get a, they get a, a voice, a text message or a whatever. And so that's what's so good about being in the house of God. There's no distractions, really. You know, there's a few here and there, but the thing is, is that we're all focused, we're all on one mind, one accord, you know, and you're able to watch online, that's good when you can't be at church, but, but thank God that, that, that you are here today, and thank God that you are watching online, and also next week is Back to Church Sunday, and we're hoping to, to really uh, show out for God, and, and, and really uh, uh, move forward in Christ, and, and, and reconnect, because I tell you what, there's a lot of things that we, that we during COVID-19 that we've realized that we've taken for granted, right? We've taken for granted our, our money, that it's just always going to be there. We're always going to have a job, right? We've taken for granted, you know, our education, that we're just always going to be able to go to an education place and, and go to school or college. We've just taken in consideration that we're always going to have toilet paper. Nobody just, nobody thought that, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't have toilet paper, you know. Um, you know, that we're going to have uh, Lysol. That Lysol is going to be $57 a can, you know. It's, what? You know, it's just ridiculous. We, there's all kinds of things that we've taken for granted, and this pandemic is hopefully showed us that and if not your head's in a hole somewhere you know and 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 i think one of the, the greatest things that it showed us is that our need for each other our need for each other man you know i i don't know about you you know you you may be a hermit and you may you may not be a you may be a homebody and love this right here but if you're like me man i miss really really engaging with people being able to hug being able to say hey and being able to, to high five and being able to to, to really just kind of really you know communicate the way you want to it's just a reminder of us of our need for connection and and, and how powerful belonging in a community really is belonging in a community and, and next week is back to church sunday but i, I kind of started a week early so we can have like a two-part maybe even three-part series on um back to church so the, the title of my message is called rope course um and so we're going to talk about that today we talk about in ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 it says, um, you know, that, well, before I read that, you can see Ecclesiastes was a, um, is a wisdom book, you know, and, and uh, Solomon has either wrote that book or he scribed someone to write that. You know, he had that in Ecclesiastes, and then he wrote also Proverbs, which is kind of a more pithy, kind of, it's, it's a wisdom book, but it's kind of cutthroat at times. It'll kind of hurt your feelings and make you, you know, sit in sackcloth and ashes. You know, it's just, it's just a, a bam, it's a punch, you know, sometimes. But it's very good wisdom in there. You know, now, Ecclesiastes is a little bit harder to read because it's a little bit more bleak. It's a wisdom book, but it's a little bit more bleak and blah, and it really talks about the empty pursuits of life. <laughs> you know, and it's just not, it's not encouraging at all. But it does, it does tell you to, to trust in God as, as the absolute. Today we're talking about um, our need for each other, our need for each other. And I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 4 through 12. It says, two are better than one because they get more work done, more done by working together. If one falls down, the other can help him up. But, it's it's, but it is um, bad for the person who was alone and falls. It is bad for the person who was alone and falls because he has no one there to help him up. If two lie down together, they will be warm. 
but a person alone will not be warm. And I'm sure during this pandemic, husbands and wives probably got on each other's nerves being, being together so much around each other, and they may be in separate rooms, and they may not be warm, but hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll work that out in Jesus' name. But it says the enemy um, might defeat one person, but two people together can defend themselves. A rope that is woven of three strings or strands is hard to unbreak. You know, uh, it also says, uh, you know, one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. You know, and you have a rope here, and we're going to talk about this a little bit today. Um, this rope, um, a rope is woven of three strands that's hard to break. And I, I want you to see this, this. This looks just like it's just one rope that's just twisted, right? It just kind of looks kind of pretty. You don't see three strands there. But if you take them and at, at the end, you fray it apart, you can see there's three different, three different strands. And each one of those strands is made up of a whole bunch of little strands. You know, and this one little strand right here, you know, I'm not strong enough, but you can probably break it off. See, I got a piece of it off. You know, but, but, but all this together, is, 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 you, can't, you, don't, you don't see, you see people, take them, these strong men, taking telephone books and ripping them in half. But you don't see them ripping a rope in half. Because they can't, because, because it's so strong. The three, this strand by itself is so strong, and then you put and twine them together, man, it just makes it super, super, super strong. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today and a little bit next week as well. Have you, you know, looking at it, you, it's, it's all three separate, but, but they're, they're one. It's kind of like the Trinity, ain't it? You know, you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all separate, but they're all, they're all one, right? Um, so t together... It, the strength multiplies exponentially by the power of unity. The power of unity. Um, and you, you may say, well, you know, hey, but let me tell you what. Would you rather go jet ski behind a boat with, with that? You know? Or would you rather go jet ski behind with a nylon rope or, or a strong rope? Or maybe if you're mountain climbing, you're mountain climbing, and you want to just take maybe three or four or five or six of these and go mountain climb with just... Just this and take a chance that it's going to happen. Or would you like a, um, a, a, a rope climb um, rope there to use? You know, it's, it's a pretty amazing tool. Back in the, even in the Bible days and even earlier, they would, they would use rope to catch an animal or to tie up an animal to something or even to, to use it to, uh, to, to pull an animal along to, 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 to get him to come with them. You know, and then, and then the Egyptians, and when they were doing the pyramids, they would use ropes and, and pulleys and stuff to, to get, you know, big pyramids and big concrete stuff moved and, and moved around. And you, also it was used to help people get over a chasm, over, over a river, like I mean, with a bridge. They would use rope to, for a rope bridge, you know, and then they would use it um, to, to hang supplies up, you know, so, so wild animals couldn't uh, grab their food and run away with the food. And uh, keep it from wild animals. Also, it was used for for sailing. You know, if you if you're on a sailboat, you you, you got to have rope for the sails to, to to swing around on and stuff. So I want to talk to you a little bit about a scripture that, that implies about a rope being used that I think is very important today. And it's Acts chapter nine verses verse twenty five. It says, "Then the disciples took him by night, him being being Paul, and led him down through the wall in a large basket." Now, I know it don't say nowhere in there that they used a rope, but the chances are that, first off, they, just, they probably just didn't have a, uh, sorry, okay. They, they, prob they probably just didn't have a, uh, a chain laying around. They could have used uh, maybe a sheet, but when you're in a hurry and you got a sheet and you got a man on the end of the sheet tied in a basket, uh, that it could rip. So I'm sure they probably used a, a rope. And this whole scripture here is more about maybe the, uh, an act of service more than what, what, what we normally look at it for. 
I am so sorry, guys. I do not understand what's happening today with my, my uh, I'll have to use a regular microphone in a minute if it keeps up. But anyway, so here's the deal. Paul is one of the greatest Christian leaders in the New Testament. I, I, you know, uh, um, Don was, he said he was going to be able to be here this morning, something must have held him up. But if you want to talk about Paul, you talk, you talk to Don. Don announced him. Well, he loves him some Paul, you know, and he loves talking about Paul. And so, so we're going to talk about Paul a little bit today. And he's one, he was one of the, the, the greatest leaders in the New Testament. You know, he, he, he recently came to faith in Christ. You know, he, was, he was used to be Saul, and he changed to Paul um, because he was on the road to Damascus, and the bright light came, and then Jesus sent an Ananias to him and, and healed him, and, and he got healed. Um, and, and he got, so he was preaching the gospel, and he was preaching a powerful word, and that powerful word was so powerful, it was changing people. People were like, whoa, now that makes sense. You know, and the Jews didn't like that. You know, and they were like, man, we've got to do something about this. This crazy man used to kill Christians, and now he stopped killing Christians, and now he's trying to make people Christians. And so it's so funny that the Jews began to plot against Paul to, to kill him. It's funny. See, he was trying to kill Christians, and now the Jews are trying to kill him. It's kind of, kind of, kind of weird there. But see, so because of that, Paul was forced to escape for his life. He was forced to escape for his life, and he, and he ran away, and he ran to, to the disciples and some, some people standing around, and, and they, were, they were like, you know, hey, jump in this basket, we'll tie this rope around it, and we'll let, it down, let you down, and you can get away. And see, the thing is, is, is that happened, but the service of the disciples and the service of, of um, the other people helping kind of gets unnoticed. All you talk about is that he was let down over with a rope in a basket, and he got away. But see, they, the, the service, the act of, of servanthood, the act of togetherness, of unity, we got to work together to let him down so he don't fall and break his, his, his backbone, you know, and so on and so on. So I want to talk to you today um, about this um, and hold the rope, hold the rope, right? Because I want us to, to remember that we need to hold the rope. My subtitle would either be hold the rope or don't let the rope go or even um, do you know who's at the end of the rope or... or uh, don't let, the, don't let your rope go for their sake. I don't know, there's all kinds of names I could have come up with that. But, but we, we look at a rope, and when someone's holding a rope, especially in this kind of case, you're looking at disciples and Paul, and you, know, and you may think one is more important than the other, but if you have a rope with two ends, both people are equally as important. You may say, well, somebody that's a future president of a company is more important than someone at the other end holding a rope that may be homeless. Well, that's just not true. God looks at us, and our value is equal. He doesn't look at us that, um, one better than the other. And we got to recognize that in our own self, is that we're not better than nobody else, and nobody else is better than us. Now, you know, I'm a pastor. You may say, well, I'm a pastor, but, I'm just, but you're a pastor, and I just sit here in the audience and, and pay attention and pray for you. Yeah, but see, the thing is, your prayers for me is probably what helps me get through the message. You know, and also, I, that don't mean that I'm more, power, more, more important than you. What it means is I'm held to a higher standard of accountability. But it does not mean that I'm more important than you. Both people at both ends of the rope are important. Both Republicans and Democrats are, are important. You know, we're all important. You know, um, and, and we've got to understand that, that and understand that it's very important that, to, that you hold on to your rope and that you know who's at the other end and know um, the value of both. Amen? Yeah, come on, y'all getting quiet here on, on Facebook now. Y'all talk to me. Um, but anyway, they did, not, they did not know that he was, they know that he was just converted to Christ, but they did not know that he was going to be such a powerful, the first missionary um, to, to the New Testament. 
They didn't understand that he was going to shake the Roman Empire with his preaching and his word, with his missionary walk, that he was going to go around and he was going to preach and he was going to end up being in jail and in prison and beaten and flogged and, and hurt and in and, and a shipwreck and all the stuff that happened to Paul. They had no idea that they were, that they were going to, that they, the person on the other end of that rope was going through that situation. They didn't know that Paul was going to be in jail with Silas and they were going to sing at midnight and the walls were going to shake and, and, and the, war, the floor was going to tr tremble and the earthquake was going to happen and they would all be set free because of his worship. They didn't know that. You know, we don't know that as well in, in people who we, we are with. You never know who you have in your basket. You never know who you have in your basket. Rick Warren, which is a, a he's, he's a pastor of Purpose Driven Church in, in um, Orange County, Saddleback Church. You may have known, heard him. The, the book, Purpose Driven Church, and he's a great pastor, and he has about 20,000 members in a church, more than 20,000 members in his church. But, but when he was in seminary school, when nobody knew him, he went to a, a, a Dr. W.A. Criswell was speaking, and he went to a, 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 you know, a, a, a service where he was speaking, and at the end of the service, um, he walked up there to Dr. Criswell, who was a pastor of the First Baptist Dallas Church. Um, and he walked up there, and Dr. Criswell put his hand on his shoulder, and said, son, I pray one day you have twice as many members as I do. And, the, and it just happens to be so that I checked this morning and, and that uh, the First Baptist Dallas Church has 10,000 members and, and, and Rick's has 20,000 members. So it's kind of fun. You never know when you're praying for somebody. You never know when you're with somebody, when you're talking to somebody, what their future is. You know why? Because we look at their future where they're at right now. Okay, that right there will preach all by itself. When you look at somebody and you're talking to somebody, you're, you're judging them based on what you see right now in their life. When God looks at us, he looks at us at what we can be. So we've got to quit looking at each other as what I see and say, what can you be? You know, hey, Pastor Kevin's back there right now, and, and we're so glad to have him here today. And, and the, the thing is, is, you know, if I would have saw him when he was a teenager on what I saw, I wouldn't have put a nickel's worth into him. But I loved him, and I cared for him, and I knew that there was something in him, even though that he would call me in the middle of the night, Dad, can you get to the jail before my mom and dad show up? <laughs> I know Miss Nancy's what Miss Nancy, she's watching right now. We're praying for you, Miss Nancy, but I know you're laughing about this right here, ain't you? Can you help me, Pastor, though, please? You know? You know, but, but I didn't see him for that. I saw the trouble he was in. I saw the stuff, but that was the enemy coming against him, trying to stop his destiny. Now, I'm going on a whole other message right now. I, got, I just need to stop. But he tried to stop his destiny of where he knew he was going to be at. He's here today as a pastor, a man of God, a man of valor. You know, he led our youth group, and now he's my armor bearer, and he's doing other things. He's out there. He's out there. He's a businessman out in the world now, now, now financing the kingdom of God, and he's, he's helping people, leading people to Christ because of the fact that we saw who he could be and who God saw he could be. We didn't look at him and write him off because of how bad he was. I'm starting to preach. i got to calm down a little bit here. Michael Jordan. We all, we all heard the rumors that he got cut when he was in, in high school. No, that's not the true story. The true story is he was a sophomore, and he, was, he tried out for the varsity team, and him and Leroy Smith, his best friend, tried out for the varsity team, and, and Pop Heron and, and, and Coach Lynch did not put anybody that was a sophomore on the, on the, on the uh, varsity team. But he did put Leroy Smith on the varsity that team, team that year and cut him from the varsity, but he played junior varsity. So he wasn't cut from the team. He just didn't make, he didn't make the varsity. He went to junior varsity. But I guarantee you that, that watching in college and watching on the NBA, watching Jordan, I guarantee you Pop Heron and, and, and Coach Lynch think, oh, God, man. We could have won so many more games that year if we would have just 
Because they, didn't, they just saw what they saw. They didn't see what he could be. They didn't take time to get to know him. And that's what we do with people. We don't take time to know nobody. You know, the thing, here, here's the situation. After all this is over, which is hopefully before too long, and we start coming back together, there's going to be such an awkwardness. Because nobody's going to know how to interact with each other anymore. And it's going to cause some people to go into depression because they're so used to things. And it's going to cause people to, 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 to have a hard time and anxiety just being in public. And that, the, the enemy is a terrorist. Satan is a terrorist. And he's trying to terrorize us and bring fear to us. And we've got to be safe. We've got to be secure. We've got to wear our mask. And we've got to do the things we're supposed to do. And that's true. And that, that's, that's without being said. But I'm saying after this is over, whenever the, the green light says, okay, we're, we're, we're somewhat back to where you don't have to wear a mask, I guarantee you half everybody's still going to wear a mask. And that's okay. But I'm just saying that's, that's the fear in us that, that, uh, and, and, and not, not knowing how to act. We already look at, walk at each other and say, hey. Uh, uh, you know, I, just, I don't know. We, just, we don't know what to do. We just walk around and just we're, we're awkward and we don't know. Hey, I miss you so much. You know, you know we don't do that. So we've so we got to be careful because of that. So here's, here's what Paul did. Number one, Paul needed assistance. Paul needed assistance. This great man of God needed assistance. Nobody gets to where they're at by themselves. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not a pastor here because, of my, because I did something special myself, and I just made it, made it myself. Obviously, I had great, wonderful parents that brought me up in the way to the Lord, and I had spiritual parents. I had J.D. Simmons and, and Jenny Mayo that, that poured into me spiritually and all that. And, you know, hey, Long, Long Ranger had Tonto. You know, Batman had Robin, and Tom had Jerry. And everybody works together. To, to make something out of yourselves, right? And so the thing is, is that, 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 that we all need assistance. Nobody gets, nobody can sit there and say, I did this. You're full of pride and you're telling a bald-faced lie. Because everybody, somebody had to teach you something along the way to make you get where you're at today. You know, and, 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 and this church, this church didn't get here because of me. It got here because you came. And you're watching. And you gave. And you loved and you cared. And you serve, but here, here's the problem, you know, and, and that, that with a lot of churches. A lot of churches, nobody wants to get on the wagon and try to, pull, try to pull the wagon up the hill. Nobody wants to serve and communicate and, and help and, 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 and serve and pass out flyers and, 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 and do these things and sweep the floor. Nobody wants to do all that stuff. But when it gets to the top of the hill and we want to ride all, everybody, everybody wants to jump on and ride all the way down. You know what I'm saying? But nobody wants to work to get it up the hill. Nobody, well, I'm busy, Pastor Doug. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Now, well, here we are. I, I got 10 sermon topics today. But anyway, but, but also, number two, Paul needed support and protection. The godliest people need support and protection. I have the greatest leaders around me. Everywhere I go, I have the greatest leaders in the church. You know, as I was a youth pastor for 18 years, and I always had some of the greatest leaders around me. Now, I know that pastors always, they had great leaders too, but a lot of those leaders helped serve me as well. But I always had the greatest leaders. And, and, and also in here, some of y'all may not be leaders, but y'all support um, and, and protect. Some of y'all, I've had during COVID and before COVID, I, would, I got phone calls from some of you. Just pastors, I'm just checking on you. I know, I know it's going, you're a hard time going. I, I got some letters from some of y'all that y'all just hand wrote a letter and sent it to me. I got one the other day for somebody. Man, it just, it just blessed my heart to, you know, I'm here to protect and serve y'all. And so when y'all do that to me, I just kind of, that's why I hate Pastor Appreciation Day, because I don't accept that well. I give love, but I don't receive love as well. Um, you know, so I'm so, I'm so excited about, about that. We, you know, we, need, we actually need to have a ministry called the One Another Ministry, right? 
You know, because what's the word of God in the New Testament talks about? Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, you know, serve one another, forgive one another, you know. It's all about one another, you know. And so right now talking about that, you know, I want to give a little commercial for our small groups. We're going to start our small groups again here real soon and try to get maybe one or two, two meetings in before, uh, before Christmas and then really started in January. But small groups are the vitality. The, our church is designed for, for small groups to be the life support of our church and i encourage each and every one of you to get a part and be a part of a small group it's so important because that's where we get together that's kind of like the old school sunday school that's what that's what kind of what that is but now we do have a sunday morning life group that we're hopefully going to be able to start with with don here before too long and, and at least have a limited number of people in there or something i don't know how we're going to how we're going to work that but but um we, we need that we need we need each other and we need to pay attention to each other all people you know, um, Jay, and, and uh, I have a, a friend of mine that helps me with social media sometimes, um, John Eric, and, and he said, I was a headmaster of a school, and when I, went to the, when I went to the school as a principal or the headmaster, he said, I looked at my teachers, and I said, hey, listen, listen, here's the deal. I want you to know right now that I, on all the A and B students, I want you to be super nice to them because they're going to come back one day, and they're going to pay for our new building. And I was like, okay. And, and when he said that, and he's like, but... I was like, okay, I knew there had to be a but. He said, but I want you to love like crazy on those C and D students because they're going to be the ones coming back and building our facility one day. So somebody's going to pay for it, but then you got to have a laborers. And, you know, and so, so you, you might be smart enough to make a million dollars, but you know what? Somebody else is going to be smart enough to be able to build what you want. And so everybody's important. You know, it's, it's so important. We can't look just toward one group of people or one se section. And I'm, this, I, please, look, y'all know my heart. I, this has got nothing to do at all with, 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 with Black Lives Matter. I'm not, that has nothing to do with this. I, that's not even my point, not even my concept. If you're taking that, then, then I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because that's not my point here. I'm talking about people, us loving each other is what I'm talking about. But some, some people get preoccupied with their own needs and, and they cannot um, effectively meet the needs of other people. They got, they're in the rope and that's all they care about. I got my end of the rope. How come ain't nobody got my end of my rope? Because they want people to grab the other end of their rope, but they don't want to grab nobody else's rope. I want somebody to grab this end, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, you may, you may, somebody else may have this end, and it looks all nice and pretty, and, you know, and, and I mean, your, yours looks nice and pretty, and then here, could you hold this end of the rope? And they're like, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I can handle that. And then you have this end of the rope here, and you're like, hey, can you, can you hold my end of the rope? And you've been hurt, you've been beat, you've been abused, and all that kind of stuff. And you've got to look past all that, and you've got to see that God can take this right here and put it back together and make it look like that right there. Amen, amen. So anyway, so, so, so God created us with a desire and a capacity to be servanthood. See, parents, let me talk to you parents. And it was so cool watching Grace a while ago. Every time a child walked in the door, she's playing the drums, she's like, she got, so she, she got this biggest smile on her face, and I love her love for this, these, these kids. Um, but anyway, so, but parents, you got kids right now that, 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 you, that you have in your house and your, your children, and, and you don't know, but they might be a Paul or maybe an Esther. Yeah, you don't know my kid, okay? Are they, are they out there like uh, Saul was? Saul was out there killing Christians. How much more of a sinner can you be than out there killing Christians? And Saul became Paul because he finally saw the light. And after he finally saw the light, then he was able to go forward and do what God's called him to do. Maybe your child just ain't seen the light yet, but it's going to shine on him as soon as possible. 
Because of your prayers. You know why? Because you're not going to let loose of the end of the rope. You're not going to stop holding on to the end of the rope. You're going to keep holding on the end of the rope. Don't cut the rope, dear God. No matter what you do, do not cut the rope and, and cut them free. Spiritually hold the rope in their lives. Teachers, you may have, you may have a, a King David in your small group. Yeah, but Pastor Doug, I only have just a couple in my small group. That, show, that, that may be King David. He may change the world and slay giants. You may, you may, I tell them youth and children's workers all the time, I say, I don't care if there's one or 50. You know, whenever, whenever, whenever I was a youth pastor, you know, there was times that I, and I went to churches and, and I only had two or three kids there. And I preached just like I did whenever I went to White Oak, I had 220 kids. And I preached just as hard at those three as I did at them 220. Because I knew there was life out there, and I knew I was pouring in, in, in there and impacting their lives, that one day I was holding on the end of their rope because when I went to White Oak, I had, we had six school buses that we took. Out of the 220 kids, about 30 of them, um, Nick was one of them. He was one of the good kids that was on my mentorship team. But, but, but I had about, probably about 180 of those kids were all outreach kids. They smoked, they doped, they fought, they fought at school, they, they, I mean, they fought at church. They would, they, they would come. I went back there one day and walked back there preaching. I looked as a kid laying on the floor. I said, what are you doing? He was drunk as a skunk. But he was at church. But he was at church. That's what I care about is that he was at church. The pastor was like, we can't have that. I was like, he's at church. It doesn't matter where it, what, what's going on in his life. He's at church. They're out there making out behind the buildings and all this. Now, there were times that I had to, to, had to, to su suspend kids, and never did I suspend a kid that they did not come back because I held the other end of the rope the whole time they were gone. Because they knew Pastor Doug loved them. And even though I had to discipline them, they knew that I cared. And so they always came back. And I said, you can't do that again. Yes, sir. They would be out there, and they were in gangs and all kind of stuff. And when they talked to me, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. I was scared of half of them, and they didn't know it. <laughs> I ain't lying to you. But they didn't know it. you got to hold the rope. Husbands and wives, you need to hold the rope for each other. Regina has held, held my rope my whole, uh, our whole 25 years. January, I mean, um, December the 2nd, it's going to be 25 years this year. She held, she held amen. We're going to go to Hawaii if, the, if, the, if they'll let us. But, but, but she's held my rope the whole time. Through all my, my, my anger and frustration at ministry and the times that I've, I've been you know, mentally abused and emotionally abused and, and wanted to quit and had panic attacks. I was about to go to the, to the stinking uh, crazy house. She stood by me the whole time and loved on me and cared for me. And when people did me wrong or whatever, she was there for me. And whenever I got in situations I shouldn't have been in, she was there for me. She was always there for me. She always held the end of my rope and held me up because she saw what was in me. Menial task. The word menial means work that requires little skill or training is not interesting and confers low social status on, on um, somebody doing it. There's menial tasks. You, you may ha be having one end of the rope and you may have the other end of the rope and say, yeah, but my rope, I'm not really doing nothing. I'm just picking up trash. I'm, ju I'm just emptying the trash cans. I'm just you know, out here asking, can I, can I be a greeter? I just, all I do is say, hey. All I do is say, bye. All I do is hold an offer. We don't have offering plates no more, but all I do is hold the offering bucket. All I do is sit there and pray for you. You're, hey, listen, you don't want to, just because it seems menial to you, I mean, it seems menial to others, anything, nothing that you ever do in your whole entire life, when you do it for the sake of Christ, is menial. Okay, why is that why we're so quiet on that one? 
Y'all were shouting a while ago. Because there's nothing that you do is menial to God. Nothing. America's dirtiest jobs. If you go watch that show, man, they're out there catching rattlesnakes. They got alligators. They got pythons. They got all kind of that. They're in all kind of underground. They're in, in all kind of in, in, in the gutters and the sewage and stuff. And they pick it out. They're picking up manure. You know, but hey, if we didn't have the pooper scooper in, this, in the circus, wouldn't none of us go? He's got an important job. He's a pooper scooper. That's important. You know what? God is our pooper scooper. He picks up our mess, don't he? But we got to understand that we, we don't, we don't want to do stuff. You know, hey, you know, I worked at Interroll for, for a little while from 9 at night to 3 in the morning, and, man, I just did the same. And me being ADD, that was just ridiculous to me, doing the same thing over and over and over and over, over and over and over. But it had to be done. Those chocolate tasters like Lucille Ball, you know, she had to keep, somebody has to say there to taste the chocolate. If y'all Lucille Ball, you know what I'm talking about. If y'all know, watch, ever watch that show. I know Rachel has. But those jobs seem, seem menial, and that's the whole point in that, that situation there, is it seems menial. Whether it's taking up, helping to take up, set, set up, set down, tear down chairs. Whether it's saying, hey, we're going to have that, that outreach out there. What can I do? Can I help put something together? Can I do something? We got that, that, that uh, trailer right there that we need. There's some stuff inside, but I don't know how to get rid of it. We need pe- somebody to help me figure out how to get rid of some of that stuff. You know, we, we need people to help Cynthia clean. She cleans it every single week, sprays every one of these chairs down for you, takes out the trash, does every, keeps it clean twice a week almost. She needs help. You know, clean our nursery. Whenever the nursery comes back, we need help, so we need help in the nursery. Well, I'm just keeping that little child. I'm just holding a baby. You may be holding Moses. You may be holding Esther or Ruth. You never know who you got in your arms. And what you're saying is, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be prideful and feel like that I have to be in service every week. I'll take one week a month. Jesus honors those who give and serve and do menial things. In John 6, Jesus led, fed the multitude. How did he feed the multitude? Everybody wants to talk to talk about Jesus, and that's wonderful. We need to. And every, everybody wants to talk about, about um, how, how he, he broke the bread. But you know what? The little boy is the one that said, hey, I'll give my, my fish and loaves. Let's go deeper than that. How about daddy that caught the fish and mama that prepared the fish for the little boy to take to go eat for that day to go hear Jesus? You never hear about them. Some of the greatest people in the Bible and today are people that you never see work for Jesus. Because they're behind the scenes and you never knew what they do. Because they're important to God. You might, you might have... You might have uh, you heard this before, little is much when God is in it. He could take little and make it much. There's, there's a story that uh, happened, um, and you probably read it before, in, in uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm going to paraphrase it. But there was a little boy, two little boys that were, well, one, they were in high school, Mark and Jimmy. And, and Mark was, was walking home one day, and he had a whole bunch of stuff in his hands. He had some books. He had a pencil sharpener. He had a few posters. He had a pair of sneakers and his gym outfits. And he had them all in his hand, trying to take them home all at one time. And he tripped and fell. And, and, and all the books, everything went off. And then that was, that was little Jimmy. And Mark came up and said, hey, buddy, are you okay? He said, man, I just, I'm just it's whatever. And he, he picked up all the stuff. And he said, let me help you pick it up, man. And, well, you got so much stuff. Let me help you take it home. And he took it home, and on the way home, they realized they had some things in common. And, and, and Mark started talking to Jimmy and said, hey, man, you, so you, you go to, I haven't ever seen you before. What class you got? 
And so the next day, Mark looked out for Jimmy and saw Jimmy and said, hey, man, how's it going? Hey, you want, can I sit with you at lunch? And they, they went through the whole process and became friends. And then when they got to, to almost graduated, Jimmy said, uh, Mark, can I talk to you about something? He said, what? He said, you know that day that I, that I fell and, and lost everything on, on the sidewalk and you picked it all up? He said, yeah. He said, I want you to know that day I had cleaned out my locker at school. I took everything out of my locker at school and was going to take it home because I was going to kill myself that night. And he said, you doing what you did is the reason that I'm here today. You never know who's on the other end of your rope. You never know who's on the other end of your rope. I got, I, I'm, uh, oops, I think there's more here. Yeah, there's, a couple, there's, there's more, but I'm done. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a story I won't plan on telling you. You know, and I, I uh, y'all know that I, I'm on TikTok and I do that kind of stuff and y'all, some of y'all laugh at me and make fun of me and I do some funny stuff trying to get some attention and all that from, from people to, to get followers and, and, but the thing is, as of today, which you should be excited about because this is part of you, we've, I've had 14 people print out on, on one of my texts, 14 people now have said, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior and they printed out the whole prayer. 14 people received Christ because of my, te- my TikToks. Is that not incredible? So, so, and I try my best to minister to people, but there was one woman, and she was about, about I don't know, three, three months ago or four months ago. All I want to know was her name is Gigi. i never seen her. I'll never see her all my life. She was 60, 60, 65 years old, and the thing was, she said, you know what? Um, I have, since I have 30-something thousand followers, uh, each, every day I have hundreds of, of different comments, and I can't read all of them. And so, because I got work to do and stuff, so, but I try to read as much as I can. And so, I, 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 one jumped out at me. There's a whole bunch of the same ones, but this one leaked out at me, and I saw it. And it was, and, and it just said, "Hey, you know, if you love God, but you, but you take your life, you know, are you still going to go to heaven?" It just, I was like, "That's an odd question." And so, I started talking to her a little bit, and, and I come to find out she was 65 years old, and, and I talked to her about two hours that night, and then I talked to her the next day about an hour, and then the next day about an hour, just texting back and forth, and I just really felt led. God's like, don't let go of this rope. Do not let go of this rope. Um, and, then, and then after a week, she told me, she goes, Pastor Doug, she said, what, what that was going to happen? She goes, I don't, I don't have my real name on here because I don't want my family to know who I am. She said, but from, from the age of 7 to, to 18, she goes, I was raped by my dad, and I was raped by my uncle. She said, then I, get, then I got married looking for love, and I looked for love in the wrong places. She said, then my, my husband abused me. She said, and I was so mad. I hated my dad, and I hated my uncle, and I hated my, my husband, and I hate God because he let all this happen. And we talked about all this and talked about all this and talked about all this. And, and so then we went on, and after about a, a, a week and a half of talking, she said, Pastor Doug, and she just she keeps coming back every couple weeks and just saying thank you. But she said, you didn't understand. She says, I was that night I was going to take my life. I was just trying to make sure I'd go to heaven. She said, I was just asking a question. And she goes, that night I was going to take my life. She said, but you have saved my life. She said, I have now forgiven my dad. I have forgiven my uncle. I have forgiven my husband. She said, I have forgiven God. And I'm proud of who I am. And I'm trying to do my best to find, find young ladies and organizations that I can help that were in the same situation that I was in. And so that's, that has nothing to do with me. That's who that was on the other end of the road, that I had no clue who they were, but God led me to them. And I started ministering to them and showing the love of Christ and started preaching forgiveness to them, and God did that. You never know who's in your basket. That's it. That's the message. Find out who's in your basket, whether it's your kid, your husband, your neighbor, your friend, acquaintance, somebody in line at, 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 uh, at the grocery store or wherever you're at. They're important. Community. We've got to reach out to one another. 
And we've got to quit judging each other when we see each other of what we think they are or who we think they are or where they think they've been. We've got to quit judging and we've got to start loving. God will judge one day all of us. But it's our job to love and share and see, you're going to hear me say it again, through what? Our God goggles and look at others how Christ looks at them and say, you know what? You know what? You're getting on my last nerve right now, but I love you and I'm going to be here for you. We've got to care about one another. We've got to know who's on the other end of the rope and not let go of the rope. We've got to hold on to it. No matter what the end of their rope looks like, if their end of the rope looks like that right there, they need you more than ever. But we want to find people who, let me see the end of your rope. Before I hold on to it, before I communicate with you, before I, before I become part of your life, let me see the end of your rope. How clean is it? How pretty is it? And that's some preaching today and I tell you what hmm. preaching myself too at times because half of what I say today wasn't even my message but I'm just I'm just that crazy white boy that'll get up there on stage and say hey you know what hey what God whatever you say I'm gonna flow with it I'm gonna listen to you God I got something prepared but wherever you take me that's where you you lead me and I'll follow because you know why because he's holding on to my rope and I'm holding on to yours and I don't want to cut the rope where he can't get to you because he's getting to you through me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. We should play something, play some pads or something. Dear Heavenly Father, I just love you so much, God, and I just worship you and magnify your holy name. You are such a good God, God. And this went so way different than I dreamed. But God, I'm not going to question you because you are my God. You are the all-knowing, all-supreme God, almighty God. So whoever you had that for today, God, I pray that you've touched their heart and you, you minister to them and let them know, God, nothing's too menial for you. God, that we got to hold on to the rope, God, that we got to care, we got to share. God, we got to love, we got we to not cut the cords in our lives with people and our children and our, our, our spouses, God. We got to hold on to it and, God, make it work, God, and do what we can, God, because we're responsible for who's at the other end of that rope. And help us see them as you see them, God. Help us look at our community, God, and not look at people. Help us look at our world and not look at people that are out there doing things, God, that they shouldn't do, God, and just write them off as they're just this or that or the other, God. Help us look at them and say, God, you, they have a soul, and they, they're lost without you, God. Lord, I pray that you send somebody to rescue them from the pit of hell. In Jesus' name. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, and you want to get saved. If you just put the prayer hands up or something like that, we'll, I'll certainly contact you. We can lead you to Christ. We love you. We're thankful for you. Next Sunday's back to church Sunday on the national level, and so we're excited about that. We want you to come back and enjoy and, and be a part of it. I'm so honored to be your pastor. You know, please try to reach out to myself or Don about passing out some flyers on, 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 on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday night at 6 and then Saturday. Um, get with him, get with me. We'll give you all the information you need if you want to help pass out some, some door hang hangers and stuff. Um, and uh, don't forget about October. We're going to be out here the whole every Friday night at 7 o'clock watching the, the, the Chosen movie. We're going to have popcorn and drinks and stuff. It's going to be amazing. If you're going to help in any way or you're interested in doing anything, helping us with stuff, and helping Cynthia, helping, helping me, helping, helping in any, any level of the church, just, just come talk to us and let us know. Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. You're keeping the church afloat. We're, we're making it because of you. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. I love you so much. 
and we'll see you next week, if not before.